0: Now, I'm not sure if you watched it, but do you remember much about the the recent Beijing Olympics?
1: I have not watched an Olympics in quite some time, so my answer is unfortunately gonna be no.
0: Well, that's fair. I, I didn't actually watch it either, but there's there was one thing that I remember from it. Apparently, for the those Olympics, there was a committee that was dedicated to preventing bad weather conditions from plaguing the games.
1: Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. There was a committee formed at the olympics to prevent bad weather Yep.
0: okay it's gonna be that kind of episode let's go that got me thinking as to how it might be possible to create some weather pattern in a more scientific way than doing i don't know a rain dance or something
1: is this where we shoot a rocket into space and blow it up in the atmosphere to make it not rain
0: you might be surprised oh my gosh you're kidding me no okay now i'm really on board let's go so a bit of history back in the day of a couple hundred years ago in europe people actually thought that if you just shoot your guns in the air enough it'll rain for some reason This was popular enough in some towns that they would fire off cannons without cannonballs in them in hopes that it would start rains for their, uh, you know, crops.
1: I was going to say, I mean, if you do shoot something in the air, technically it will rain back down eventually. That sounds like some great medieval information there, right? These are the same people who are like, ah, bathe in mercury if you're rich. And lick this radioactive glowing th- oh wait they didn't know what radiation was lick this glowing rock to have divine energy yeah shoot mm-hmm. something in the air so it'll rain great thinking maybe they
0: put a water balloon in there and like well it rained i guess a water balloon in the medieval times please their water balloon
1: was probably like a burlap sack full of knives and other scrap metal and they were like ah
0: the kids play water balloon fights with it well eventually by, by around the 1950s there was more directed testing as to whether you could do something on the ground to make rain. Obviously, in the early versions, there was a lot of pseudo- pseudoscience going on saying, like, there's some cosmic energy that you need to mold to make mm-hmm. rain. And, you know, charlatans were around being like, yo, you got a wedding? I got you. You know, $50,000? I'll make it not rain for you. Mm-hmm. But as climate science moved forward, people thought that there might be something to this whole rainmaking thing. And even governments back this idea. Thailand, for instance, created the Artificial re- Rainmaking and Development Program to help their farmers during uh, times of drought.
1: I was trying to see if that made a cool acronym, but it, it doesn't. ARMAD?
0: Maybe, maybe in Thai it does.
1: Ah, that's actually a fair point, yeah. You know, it's actually funny that we're talking about this because I was just watching the latest John Oliver's you know, Last Weekend Tonight And it's on how, like, the entire west side of the United States is in, like, a terrible drought. And it's because they just use water completely irresponsibly. But there was a clip of the governor of Utah who was like, my fellow citizens of Utah, we need to pray for rain. Like, that was the (laughs) official stance that the governor took to the water crisis was we need to pray for rain. I'm getting some heavy, like... That kind of vibes from where we're going with this.
0: We actually also talked about the water crisis last season, so I guess if anyone's curious, you can go back to that episode.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's probably something about it on the Twitter at More Abstract. Got my plug in.
0: But more recently, in about 2010, Abu Dhabi, which is a small city in the middle of a desert in the Middle East, tried this out with more conclusive results claiming to make about 50 artificial rainstorms that produced a lot of hail, a lot of rain, and gale force winds, which was probably really concerning for the residents of the city, considering they don't get that weather all the time. They're like, it rained yesterday and the day after. What is this? Where am I? (laughs) Hell froze over.
1: <laughs> this is ridiculous. That also kind of feels problematic. Like you tried to make rain and instead you made a you made basically like pre-tornado weather. I mean, I'm in the Midwest, right? Yeah. You talk about hail and gale force winds. I'm going to be in the basement along with every valuable possession that I can carry down those stairs with me.
0: Okay, so how, how does this get done though? How, how did they do this? Well, we start with the idea... That, that somehow you can do something on the ground to make clouds in the sky, which will eventually make rain. Uh, but let's first talk about how you make clouds in the first place. It's condensing water. I remember the water cycle.
1: It evaporates off the ground, it goes into the atmosphere, it cools and condenses and forms the beautiful puffy clouds, and then eventually the clouds get heavy enough that they then rain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically literally
1: every water cycle project I ever did in elementary school right here, man. Right here. I don't know how to make a doctor's appointment for my appointment for myself. I can barely call my insurance company if I have like a real-world question, but damn it, I know the water cycle.
0: That that's correct. That that is right. Uh, I'm going to go into a bit more detail cuz that's what you need for making the clouds. See, yeah, cuz so like I know I'm getting ahead of myself here and maybe you're going to
1: answer this question, right? But you're in the middle of a desert. I feel like in order to make a cloud, you would just need to evaporate a ton of water on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then it would make a cloud and rain. But like, if anything, you're probably like losing water overall because you had to evaporate a ton to get it to actually rain. I'm sure there's some loss there like it feels like you're not really solving a problem it's like well we have 10 gallons of water here let's burn all of it and make it rain <laughs> using those same 10
0: and now we only have eight gallons of water well a good thing for abu dhabi it's on the persian gulf so i think it's okay with the water it's just not fresh water i guess
1: mm, mm-hmm.
0: we, we actually talked about making making clouds and weather stuff back in the the Saharan Savannah and the Cyclogenesis episode, so you can check Mm -hmm. that out, too, if you wanted. Pretty much all you need, as you said, is some body water, uh, some heat, and most importantly, some impurities. And good news, we have a lot of ocean around and a lot of sun, so all we need is the impurities to make these clouds.
1: And there's plenty of those in the world, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we're not talking about degenerate um, human beings, we're talking about like actual physical impurities like dust and small trace metals and things like that, I'm, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, and pollutants, actually. And funny enough, oh my if gosh. you put enough pollutants in the atmosphere.
1: Are you about to tell me that they made it rain by burning a tire? <laughs> 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 They're like, ah, we need more rain! Quick, let's boil the ocean and burn a tire.
0: This is going spectacularly. So it turns out it's easier to make one of the cloud water droplets if the water vapor has something else to stick onto rather than the, the water evaporating from this body of water and clumping onto itself.
1: Right, that's why they tell you like as kids you shouldn't eat snow because the thing that, so uh, when, when snowflakes form, the crystalline structure is usually based on like a speck of dust or some other kind of like pollutant and that's usually like the center and that's where the crystal's actually form around that's the like seed of the structure and so when you're eating snow you're actually eating like a whole bunch of like dirt and pollutants and all sorts of things that that the ice crystals
0: grew on yeah that's it you you basically know ex- exactly what i you can't said. do
1: my taxes but man do i know how a snowflake's <laughs> made public education
0: at its finest so all these impurities all they need to be is just s- s- stuff that's small enough that's not water Mm -hmm. so things like sea salt soot or even sulfates from volcanoes are enough to nucleate these cloud droplets
1: so you're right by the persian gulf you evaporate some salt water that kind of gets you know there's your salt there's some impurities i imagine too being in you know a desert area i wonder if like the natural like movement of sand kicks enough up into the atmosphere like regular weather would, would kick up like enough that if you were evaporating some water and there's some like actual just you know normal wind it'd probably mix up a little.
0: Oh for sure. The Arabian sand specifically is actually like very fine sand compared to other parts of the world like you know Arizona or wherever. But anyway you take some heat goes to turn some liquid water from the surface into water vapor that sticks around these impurities, and a collection of this water vapor starts to rise. And you can think of it as rising in this shape of a balloon. Mm-hmm. So imagine a bunch of invisible water vapor rising from the surface of the ocean in a balloon shape. Mm-hmm. Once the top of the balloon hits a certain altitude, there's low enough pressure and temperature that the water vapor starts to condense into a cloud like you were talking about. The cloud just goes on its merry way, rains somewhere and then dies. And that's the life of a cloud. So the process of making a cloud,
1: I mean, as a process, it makes total sense, right? If I just boil enough water, you're basically like using a phase change from a liquid to a gas as a way of like moving water, right? So you could imagine mm-hmm. instead of you know making it rain, we could just get a whole bunch of tanker trucks, fill them up with salt water, drive them somewhere, And then just, like, distill it, boil out the salt, and you would have accomplished roughly the same thing. But then you got to pay for, like, moving that and the logistics, and you have to have a facility. Instead, we just boil a bunch of it and then hope Mm -hmm. that that cloud moves somewhere over top of Abu Dhabi or wherever else in the world you are.
0: Yeah. That's actually not a bad plan. You just make, like, a pipeline, send it out in the middle of the desert, and you just wait for it to turn into a cloud. Yeah.
1: Now... I know this isn't the point of this discussion, but from an ecological perspective, I can't imagine like a flash boil of the Persian Gulf is good for any kind of environment. You can't imagine that's got to be good. Even if you pump the water out somewhere, there's probably some fish in there. I mean, you're taking water out of the ocean.
0: Yeah, uh, that's kind of the problem with these geoengineering kind of things where you have to worry about, hey, if there's a, like a frog somewhere that needs desert climates to exist, which Mm -hmm. I don't think one exists, if we let it rain, then it's not going to be able to exist anymore. We know how to make a rain cloud, but there is actually so much more water vapor under that cloud. You know, the balloon size, there's, it's just the tip of the iceberg or a tip of the balloon and all the water vapor under it does not go into making a cloud and doesn't go into making it rain. Hmm. And that's kind of the idea behind all these projects is take some of that water vapor that's below there move it up a little bit make a cloud
1: why don't we take this water and push it somewhere else <laughs> that's not a bad idea patrick so what do you just heat it up more oh my gosh is this where we get to the point where they're like ah now that we've boiled the ocean let's shoot flamethrowers into the air so that we can heat up the <laughs> water vapor
0: and make it go a little higher? It turns out they just put a bunch of cannons on planes and started shooting oh them gosh. out. Those those people really had something going. Man,
1: they really had it figured out back in the 1400s. Must have been all the mercury they were ingesting.
0: It made them smarter yeah. somehow.
1: Yeah, good thing they ate that mercury with a lead spoon too.
0: So there's a few ways to do this. One of the easiest to visualize is with the impurities that I was talking about. If you just add some more salt particles to the atmosphere that encourages the water vapor to go up to a higher elevation to make more clouds and that's one way to just add more rainfall whenever the cloud decides to dump its content somewhere.
1: Hmm. I imagine that has something to do with like you changing the um, you know like the condensation point or something right Like you add in some some impurities or something like that and you you, you push the, the phase change temperature one way or another. Or, or it even might change like the density too, right? You, you know, like you yeah. talk about how you add salt to something, it boils quicker, right? It, like lowers the mm-hmm. the boiling point, uh, and the melting point, right? That's why you put salt on the roads in the in the winter time. Um, so I mm-hmm. wonder if changing that temperature a little bit helps it move, or at least you know does something to the the actual condensation of it. I'm I'm sure there's some good science there
0: it's something like that um i think we used to use silver iodide for this purpose but obviously people realize hey putting silver and iodine in the atmosphere probably not good for us so we moved to sea salt yeah
1: we'll just burn this tire instead i soaked it in gasoline (laughs) and lit it on fire with a road flare first so it should be good
0: I I suppose that explains why um, when Abu Dhabi did this, they found, oh, there's gale force winds because once you make more clouds, you essentially make more stormy weather Mm -hmm. in hopes of making rain in the process. There are other ways, but the one that caught my eye was using drones to make an electrical discharge that ionizes the atmospheric gases. And, you know, something, something, electrical charges, something, something, water clumps together and makes clouds. So I think that's really neat that... Yeah, it's one of the solutions out they there. They duct they duct-taped a taser or a bunch of tasers to drones
1: and flew them mm-hmm. around in the air. I know it's probably more scientific than that, but part of me hopes
0: that it's really not. Yeah, it turns out all you needed was a stun gun and a drone and all of a sudden you make a cloud. <laughs> okay, so that's how so we're we're talking about making
1: clouds here, right? There's a lot of talk of like Mm-mm. making weather. In Beijing they prevented weather. It prevented weather. How do you prevent weather?
0: Well, it's it's something about, like, if you encourage water vapor to make the clouds, then once, you know, the wind currents pass by somewhere and the cloud dumps all its rain, then there's not going to be any rain left for anything that's downstream. So I guess that's what they were doing. We're just making rain all around it. So it, I don't know. Maybe it flooded. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, <laughs> that's, that's kind of crappy on their part. Like...
1: We just decided, you know, we've got the Olympics. Uh, You all have nothing going on. Um, So we're just going to make it rain everywhere but here, if that's cool with you. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, too, if there's another piece to this, which is like, so you can prevent weather by making it rain elsewhere. But I also wonder if by removing impurities from the atmosphere, you would undo that process of, like, trying to get the cloud to form, right? So you have this balloon shape. You got a whole bunch of water vapor that doesn't make it to the cloud, that doesn't make it into the rain, right? So we add some impurities and it kind of pushes it up a little bit. Now you got a fat cloud with a pH, right? I wonder then if there's a process of like filtering out impurities that
0: undoes that. Yeah, we could just uh, strap a dehumidifier onto one of those drones. I was gonna just... say, yeah,
1: put a taser on it and a dehumidifier, and then have a switch be like, "I want more rain, and the tasers come on. Or, I want less rain, <laughs> and the dehumidifier kicks on." So, really, they didn't like prevent weather as much as they made the weather just not there.
0: Yeah, kind of. That's super interesting. That's that's the basic idea behind cloud seeding. That's what this whole thing is called. You just take some water vapor that's already around that just isn't going to turn into rainfall and encourage it to become clouds to eventually fall but one final thing I wanted to touch on you can imagine how useful this would be to say make a desert more bearable to live in but there are of course sadly gonna be some instances where this this can be used to prolong a monsoon and disrupt people's lives this this was done in the Vietnam War but if you're concerned about that ever happening now, the, the international community, once they found out, oh, you can make more rain that hurts people, they decided that weather modification cannot be used for malicious intent anymore. It can be used for, you know, good things like stopping a drought in the West Coast, but not for hurting anyone. So good news on that front. Is it in the Geneva Convention?
1: Like, is, is that kind of outlined with like the no biological or chemical warfare kind of deal?
0: I'm not. Sure, possibly.
1: Uh, I didn't get the name of it, but there's some treaty. There's probably some accord or whatever the UN passes. It's, it's interesting. That is a really interesting point, though, because, like, you know, I know I don't want to get political or anything here, right, but talking about Beijing, China could, in theory, if they wanted to prevent weather by making it always rain in somewhere like, I don't know, Taiwan, you know, yeah. like that, yeah, that that feels pretty problematic, you know, because, like, you could destroy agriculture, right? I mean, if things oh, get yeah. too much water, they just die. Or you erode yeah. out the soil or something. You could, like, literally cripple an economy if you could just make it rain enough. And I'm not talking about the kind of economy of making it rain. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not <laughs> yeah. doing that kind. It goes back to uh, economics. How many sandwiches? Do, how much sandwich coin does it cost to generate a rainstorm? that's the value conversion that we need here yeah this is this is super interesting but it feels really problematic i mean of course you could use it for malicious intent but like you're removing water from the ecosystem which we as humans are already doing like crazy you're pumping a bunch of impurities into the atmosphere it's like actively polluting In a way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I imagine salt is probably healthier than burning a tire, like I joked about. But, like, you're actively putting impurities in the atmosphere. You're removing water from ecosystems.
0: I don't know if this actually has a significant ecological impact. Just because it's so new, we don't really have the test for it. But I suppose deciduous trees, which is those trees that decide to emit a lot of their um, water vapor into the atmosphere, have been doing this for very long time.
1: Yeah, but, like, they grow in a place where that is naturally sustainable, right? Like, deciduous trees popped up and have survived in that ecosystem. Like, there's a balance, right? You know, yeah, they're, yeah. they're emitting a lot of their water vapor into the atmosphere, but they probably live nearby plants that drink up all of that water vapor. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. The, it's really snowy, right? Snowy regions, deciduous forests, they
0: tend to go hand in hand, right? But this is so artificial, I don't know, I guess we'll have to see if you know Abu Dhabi never gets rain again. They're like we used it all up, sorry guys yeah we're
1: we're out of rain machines, or you know whatever higher power is out there is like, man, you literally live in a desert, like live
0: elsewhere, go somewhere, <laughs> not there well that's that's about all I have for you. Do you have any closing thoughts? The
1: only thing that I'm curious about is how many tulips would it cost to make a rainstorm? That's a shout out to a really early episode. And then we gotta figure out the tulip to sandwich coin conversion ratio, this is crazy. And totally not the point of this episode, but I appreciate this. I've actually learned a lot and I'm really interested, and I'm still convinced that you could prevent a rainstorm by just shooting a rocket into the atmosphere and blowing it up and just evaporating everything.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just blow up the rocket. If it's at small enough pieces, uh-huh. then you know the water will nucleate around it and you know do something. Oh, I didn't even think about the shrapnel from the rockets. Well, if you like this episode, please consider subscribing or following. We have a Twitter, uh, which you can follow for some supplementary content at More Abstract, and you can find more episodes wherever you get podcasts. <laughs>